0: Your host, Beth Ann.
3: And I welcome you to CSE Talk Radio. It is my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you. Once again, we're getting to spend an hour here on Christmas together. And I know that everybody's getting ready for Christmas, and I say Merry Christmas to you. Mornings can be a little hectic, <laughs> so I, I consider it very flattering that you turned the show on. For such a time as this, we always say, as we start our prayer, and today... We're going to start out with scripture, and we're going to read it from Luke 2, 1 through 20, And it came to pass. And I'm going to have someone else read that for me. Go ahead. Are in you those
4: there? Days, okay. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made by Sarinus, the governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up to Galilee, from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was, that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, watching over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, "Let us go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us." And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they and all that they had heard, and all that they heard, it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept, kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them.
3: Amen. Thank you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. For such a time as this, Father, we thank you for the such a time as this, for providing a way for the giving of your Son, that our sins will be covered and forgiven. There are no words that can describe the love that you have bestowed upon the world. We are not capable of truly understanding the depth of the sacrifice that brought, that bought, our salvation. We take this day to celebrate, but each day should be a celebration in our hearts. As the shepherds ran to see the great miracle, we too should run to tell the good news to all not just on this day, but every day. We live in a broken world, Father, caused by our own rebellious ways. We are such prodigal children. Let us come. Let us come home as a people and as a nation that we might again be your beacon unto the lost. Only you can bring peace and only you can bring true joy. For such a time as this, I ask your blessing upon this show as we talk of praising you and evangelizing your love through music. May those listening be blessed and brought closer to you. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So Merry Christmas to all from CSC Talk Radio. What music is being played at your celebrations? The best New Christmas songs of 2021 are Elton John and Ed Sheerhan. Merry Christmas. Abba, Little Things. Ariana Grande and Kelly Clarkson. I probably messed up their names. Santa, Can't, Can't You Hear Me? And Cle- Kelly Clarkson again. Christmas isn't canceled, just you. Mariah Carey and Caleb and Kirk Franklin. Fall in love at Christmas. George Ezra. Come on home for Christmas. While the top new songs at Christmas 2021 might be fun, they don't praise and they don't worship the real reason of the Christmas season. And honestly, I didn't even recognize any of them. I had to look a couple of them. I had to look them all up. I just didn't bother. (laughs) I looked some of them up and watched their videos. The old favorites will still be on the airwaves and seem to be forever in our brains. Be it a tune that's so catchy you can't get it out of your head or those crazy lyrics like... Grandma got run over by a reindeer. In looking at Christmas music, we all have favorites in the secular world of music. And I know we have favorites also in the Christian world of music. I want to talk about Christmas music again. Christmas is a large part of the season. You hear it in the stores. You hear it on the radios. It's in the elevators. Perhaps you play it in your own home while you're baking those Christmas cookies or decorating maybe some of you gather around the piano or the guitar and sing have a little sing along whatever the case music is a huge part of christmas the churches and the school choirs perform all across this great nation and in the in the world across the world i joined our own local community choir we missed last year because of that c virus thing but we were to, brought together again this year to share The Christmas Portion of The Messiah by George Friedrich Handel. The secular tends to focus on romance and silliness and the winter season of cold, the hallmark movies with love and family and decorating and perhaps caroling and shopping and all the busyness of the season. Yet, Mary and Joseph weren't shopping or hanging the stockings by a chimney with care. They weren't ceremoniously hanging the greens or hoping that St. Nicholas soon would be there, no frantic wrapping and baking to be done. The purpose set before them was giving birth to a son. Oh, yeah, and paying those taxes. They weren't celebrating. They were obeying an earthly king's demands for taxes. You must know, it wasn't a pleasant little trip over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house in a sleigh or a car. It was an arduous trip. On foot mostly, approximately 90 miles, and probably tugging that donkey every step of the way. A trip of any kind when you're eight or nine months pregnant isn't pleasant and can be dangerous for the mama and the baby, for both the mother and the child. This is a story of sacrifice, salvation, and deliverance, not of dolls and packages adorned in ribbon and bows. Every year, choirs across the nation will perform... And many will take the challenge on of the old age-old classic, The Messiah. Even if you don't know the many songs within this oratorio, you will most assuredly recognize the Hallelujah Chorus. I was taught it was the national anthem for Christians, and all should stand when it is played or sung. Most usually do stand. But it was my job as a director when I was directing a choir to turn around and make sure the congregation did stand. We are a nation divided. We're going to talk about this when we come back, and we're going to talk about the Messiah and Handel's Messiah and what it was, what it took, maybe some things you don't know about it. Maybe you just think, oh, it's a bunch of crazy old classic music. It's long-haired. I don't want to hear about it. But I think you need to know the story behind it. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. When we come back, we're gonna have a guest. He read the scripture for us. So my son Alden, and he's gonna join me. And we'll be right back. And we have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. But going back and thinking of where we left off on the monologue, our nation is divided these days, and, and many want to remove Christianity from our government and our lives, a part of their new normal talk. But these same people will take off at Christmas on for their Christmas vacations, receive gifts and party heartily. But if they are not believers... The holiday is shallow. Just another day, two or three, or a week off, you know. They love the presents and the food, but not so much on the story of the virgin birth. I mean, like, where's the science in that, huh? Well, we who believe consider it a miracle. Instead of having fun with the secular Christmas music this year, let's put the tinsel and the glitter and the glamour aside and look at the story of Christmas. Scripture put to music. A classic. The Messiah. I'm tempted to say that now more than ever this is important, but I believe the evil and the divisiveness we're experiencing here in our nation today has been a part of mankind for a long time. After all, isn't that why we needed this Savior then, nearly 2,000 years ago, as well as now? I thought we'd talk about George Friedrich Handels, the Messiah. Learn a little history and some... Kind of fun facts about it, maybe details that you don't know about him and the writing of his awesome music. So I invited my son, Alden, to join me today. And uh, when we think of music, he usually jumps right in there. He loves music as I do. Um, He's a little bit more learned on it because I sent him to college. (laughs) Welcome in, Alden. Thank you for doing the scripture for me at the beginning, too. Hi, Mom. Happy to do it. Happy to do that. Well, your daddy taught you you how. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's it's yep. great. And and I'm, I was going to tell the listeners that they heard me talk about our community choir and how I I joined in on that and uh, I probably the first one off the off the chair to jump in and join it because I just love it so much. I love I love choir. <laughs> and Alden actually drove into town and joined us. The director of the Messiah for their community choir here happens to be his high school teacher and so he, he surprised her and she was there and, uh, she enjoyed it very much. But the Messiah has, the Messiah has a lot of, uh, a lot of history behind it. Of course it's been a long time ago that it was written, but, um, George Friedrich Handel, I'm going to let you kind of tell the story, as you told it to me the other day on the telephone, of how he came to write that.
4: Well, I was a little bit off on what I was telling you, but I've Uh done a little bit more research to jog my memory. (laughs) Yeah, in 1741, um, he wrote the music, and they say he wrote it in 24 days, Mm -hmm. all the music. So you know how thick that book was we were holding for that concert?
2: (laughs) Yes, I do. It was pretty heavy.
4: He he did all that in 24 days. I think he just ate, slept, and wrote music. Um, So the uh, lyrics were put together in July before him, so he had all the lyrics together. And those were written by the, uh, well, lyricists, they called them librettists uh, in the Baroque time, I guess, uh, Charles Jennings. And he intended it for an Easter performance that would happen at Easter of 1742. And uh, so, so Handel had a lot of time from August all the way to Easter, but he he wrote it all in twenty four days.
3: Well, and some of what I was uh, reading was that he had been kind of uh, that he was he was a genius at his music, but not so much with his finances, <laughs> and that he had he was kind of going through a slump. I'm just going to kind of
2: uh, uh, well categorize his slump it that way
4: yeah his slump wasn't just financial he, no. none of his music had been received very well.
2: Mm-hmm. He had
4: written stuff and poured his heart out and was yes a musical genius, but it just was not being received very well. Uh, so he you know basically had box office bomb after bomb <laughs> <laughs> so when he when he sat down to write the Messiah, um, his career was hanging on a thread.
3: Well, and he also physically wasn't in good shape.
4: Was yeah, his, one of
3: the things that well, I had read.
4: He, yeah, he, I think he was in quite large shape. He he loved to eat. Uh, they say
3: <laughs> that probably you know. caused a lot of problems. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, as we know, poor health uh, and your immune system uh, work work together. There, you know, you're o- o- overweight, so like that. Yeah, yeah, he his health had struggled. I, I don't think he lived maybe 10 years longer after that. I, I'm not seeing here his death on my notes. But, um, yeah, he, he uh, as was pretty common, he did not live a long, prosperous, you know, 80, 90-year-old life.
3: Well, I just saw, yeah, uh, yeah two days ago that, that the um, oldest woman in the world, the oldest person in the world, passed away. She was 135 years old, so he didn't live to be that long. And, uh, no, she was did. out of, uh, <coughs> uh, part of China. Uh,
2: oh, yeah, and, 35
3: wow. years old. That's, yeah, I don't even know if I want to live that long. But Ludwig well, van that, Beethoven, yeah. he said mm-hmm. of Handel that mm-hmm. he is the greatest composer that ever lived. I would uncover my head and kneel before his tomb. <laughs> that was, <laughs> he was well thought of in his realm there with, uh, those that, uh, also <clears throat> were music.
4: Yeah, yeah, he was. And I think he was by during those at his time as well. Of course, Mozart was later. Um, but at his time as well, he was much loved. His uh, lyricist, Charles Jennings, is quoted to say, I hope Handel will lay out his whole genius and skill upon it, that the composition mm. may excel all his former compositions as the subject excels every other subject. Of course, the Messiah is about the life of Christ, his birth, death, and resurrection. It's in three sections. And so there was lots of Easter music at that time. Easter yes. was their time for music. We think of Christmas as a time for music. Not so 250 years ago. Um, you know, during uh, Handel's time, it was Easter that was all about their music. And we think of the Messiah at Christmas time. Isn't that
3: funny? And, and it is, you know, in the Holly, of course, we throw that <laughs> in all the time because we just love it. Um, yeah. Well, I was reading some unknown facts, or I guess somebody knew them or they wouldn't be written down, that a lot of people thought it was blasphemous. And it yep. originally wasn't yeah. intended for Christmas, which we've already said, but it says the, the, uh, the Ontario sacred subject matter and Handel's note on his original manuscript that read, to God alone the glory, it's hard to imagine that any audience would interpret it any other way but to be, you know, to be godly. But, however, it says the opera and the classical composers were often the subject of moral outrage in the 1700s. And during 1727 performance of Handel Opera, two leading sopranos came to blows on stage. That's not surprising. While the audience mm-hmm. rooted them on. The incident-led satirist, um, how do you say that? Anyway, John Abernott, Aberthnot, uh, to write a pamphlet on the absurdity of London's opera world that included the line "Shame that two such well-bred ladies would call each other," and then they said nasty words uh, and yeah, scold in a fight. You know, it was um, <laughs> not surprising well, that, that a couple diary. of ladies was, uh, would get in a fight on the on the. Uh, Choir, because unfortunately there seems to be a rivalry, and there should never be such, but it does happen. Well, you
4: know, for for those of us, for those of us in the music world, we're not surprised that Sopranos would, you know, get in
2: fight. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
3: I could sing higher than you can. Yeah, yeah, they can. They right. tend... Yep.
4: yep. <laughs> Pushing each other out of the way, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Excuse me,
3: I, I'm the one hitting that note.
4: <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, you're too loud. Yeah,
3: you're yelling it, me it, out. You know, and he wrote it in such um originally to be done by a, fo- a small ensemble rather than a huge. Well, choir. he
4: didn't. He didn't know how many voices he would have. He just you took know. off running, huh? <laughs> he just, he just, he didn't know who he would have, and so when he got to, did, do you know where they debuted?
2: You might in have Dublin. That in front of you. I've got it in, in
4: Dublin, room. Ireland. In Ireland, not in London, because he did not have much success at London, and I think he was. Not very happy with them anyway, so they went to Dublin first. Uh, it's a good thing, because
3: they need those uh, Irish tenors in that.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they showed up, and he had 30 singers. Now, wow. we, we had more than that, didn't we, we? Did. in California? <laughs> did we did. We did. Yeah,
3: we d- I hear. I'm speaking of music. I hear the music. We're headed into another break. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. We're going to get down to some of the other facts that you may not know about the Messiah or Handel's Messiah, and uh, it's just fascinating music. And if you are musical and you've ever listened to it, it's very complicated music with lots of runs and uh, that are not not easy to sing. By yourself, more or less, put it all, put all those runs together with numerous voices and then run at the same time. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with her son Alden and we'll be right back. It is the time for all good Americans to come to the aid of their country. For the past several months, I've been sharing with you a newsletter, Voice of the Patriot. Like Thomas Paine's Common Sense, circulate and share these newsletters with freedom-loving Americans, friends, neighbors, family. Beginning with Voice of the Patriot newsletter number six, start sharing with your elected officials. We must take steps to restore our republic. As nightfall does not come at once, neither does oppression. In both instances, there's a twilight where everything remains seemingly unchanged. And it is in such twilight that we must be aware of change in the air, however slight, lest we become unwitting victims of the darkness, tyranny. We're burning daylight America. Tomorrow might be too late. Request your copy of Voice of the Patriot today. Send a self-addressed stamped envelope to CSE Talk Radio, Post Office Box 73, California, Missouri 65018.
1: Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow. For the longest time I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets, but up until now I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards.
3: The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors. And like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can get your very own by calling 1-800-978-6168 and use the promo code BETHANN to get 30% off plus free shipping. You're familiar with Range Magazine, packed with hard, cold facts regarding the battles we face out on the range and at home. We have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. I have my oldest son, Alden, with me today. We're talking about the Messiah, the music, the Messiah. And it intrigues me for for more than one reason. There's a lot of facts I've got here that most people don't know, and I didn't know all of them, uh, about Handel's or about his writing of the Messiah. But when I was reading some of this earlier in the week, and about the author of the lyrics... Um, he was wanting to tell the story that the people of that time needed to hear the story he felt like things were getting a little bit lax around there and they needed to hear the story of christ and uh, so he wrote it and and the majority of it comes from the old testament and the music is can be considered very complicated but the words <laughs> they're scripture And I think maybe some people don't realize that, you know, it's coming out of Isaiah. Here's the lyrics. I just looked up the lyrics to For God, uh, for Unto Us a Child is Born, which is one of the very famous songs in the Messiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. It's hard not to sing it since we just got through doing that. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. In Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, this is the King James Version, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Exactly the words out of the song in the Messiah, For unto us a child is
4: born. Yeah, what uh, Charles Jennings really did was he just compiled all the scripture to tell the story. Absolutely. In the way that it needed to be heard.
3: Put it put it all in o- chronological order. <laughs> yep. And then uh, Handel
4: o ratted thousands and thousands of notes for those sopranos <laughs> to go up and down to
3: <laughs> Well the Sopranos weren't alone. <laughs> the basses and the tenors and the altos <laughs> were having to follow those same little notes <clears throat> up and down over the little fences as well. And um you know, it's I this one article that I have says there is no definitive version of it.
4: That. Yeah, we were talking about in Dublin, he found out there were only 30 singers, so he started revising, match the singers that he had. And the story goes that every time it was performed, he revised it, you know, re- recomposed, changed to the it to, to match the singers. And, uh, you know, historians think that it was probably never done the way Handel envisioned it to be done, at least during his lifetime. Hmm. Well,
3: it's it says here, too, Mm -hmm. that um, Handel's wrote parts of the oratorio to better meet the abilities of the soloist, like you said. But it also says here that in, um, I'm trying to think who it was, Mozart reorchestrated the Messiah in 1789, and he gave it more modern sound by classical orchestra standards. He humbly Mm -hmm. wrote then any alteration he made should not be seen as an effort to improve it so he wanted to make sure everyone knew i'm not trying to improve on Handel's messiah he was just bringing in the orchestra so he was being inclusive not not trying to improve it So i thought that was interesting
4: well good for him i'm you know <clears throat> we're we're better for that i think who who knows how you know if we would have uh, continued to do it at its original you know Instrumentation and how much that improved. I'm curious.
3: We might have been we'll, down we'll, to four singers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, the instrumentation, you know, may still be all the broke instruments that uh, I'm sure uh, <clears throat> Mozart added a, quite a bit.
3: <clears throat> well, I'm sure he did. Well, then the story of the Hallelujah Chorus and everyone standing on it, whether this is true or not to be true, is yet to be be learned and maybe never learned, but it says King George stood during the hallelujah course. An often repeated legend is that about the Messiah tells that the King George II, who was so moved by the hallelujah course during the London premiere of the Messiah that he rose to his feet and then everyone in attendance, of course, followed suit, and there was not a sitting person in there because the king stood. Thus, they believe... We regularly debate tradition of standing during the Hallelujah Chorus. However, according to various experts, <laughs> there's no truth to this story. In fact, there is no evidence King George II was even in attendance. It is unlikely the newspaper writer, writers that uh, they would not have written about it in that day so they can't find anything written about it and then there's the other debate that he was there and he just had gout so bad he was uncomfortable and he
2: stood up <laughs>
4: so. you know to quote liberty the man who shot liberty valence when the legend becomes fact print the legend
3: <laughs> that's right print the legend not the fact print the legend yeah it also says here about the Hallelujah Chorus that Handel wept while he composed the Hallelujah Chorus and claimed he saw visions of angels while the work was, while he was working on that particular piece. I thought that, you know, they don't know whether he was a truly religious man or not, but the fact that he was so greatly moved during the writing of the Hallelujah Chorus was, you know, I think that's kind of telling because everyone is moved yeah. by that music. I don't know yeah. of anybody that isn't oh, yeah. moved when they hear a choir do that hallelujah chorus.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, and <clears throat> the, um, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious, and historians will not argue, how much the Messiah meant to handle. Oh, yeah. This was very important to him uh, as a piece of uh, scriptural music as an Easter piece, certainly. And um, I think because there was, this is me speculating now, not historic history, because there wasn't so much Christmas music. I think the, uh, at the time,
2: uh-huh. I think
4: people took the Christmas music from the Messiah and that became a part of their Chris- Christmas tradition, you know, on down the line and and, and to uh, to today, you know, I'm sure it kept growing. <clears throat>
3: Well, so. I in some of the and I I downloaded a whole lot of stuff that I was reading about the Messiah and it's different people's opinions and different facts that they've come up with, but it was saying that one particular song that was inspired by the Messiah and in particular the Hallelujah chorus is Joy to the World. Oh yeah, and uh, you know it's uh, and of course it's out of Psalms. It's not out of the New Testament. It's out of the Old Testament as well, and it was written by Isaac Watts. And he came, he came along, most of the singing in the British churches, it says, was from the Psalms of David. And the church especially, the Church of Scotland, had labored over the psalms and with great effort and scholarship translating them into poems with rhyme and, and rhythm suitable for singing. As a young man in Southampton, Isaac had become dissatisfied with the quality of singing. <laughs> Must have had some sopranos in there. And he keenly yeah. felt the limitation of being able to only sing these psalms. So he invented the English hymn. And, yeah. uh, you know. Th- and Handel
4: that- put that to music. <clears throat> yeah.
3: yeah. So. Yeah. So it was kind of neat that, um, and it, I don't know. It's neat to study the, the songs and the origins. And I think Alden, it, Listening to the what the heart of the artist was, meant more yeah. to me as being a mother of your youngest brother, who writes music. Oh yeah. You know, and thinking about where was his heart when he wrote the the words to these songs. You know, the My Constant, some of the others that he wrote.
2: Yeah. Um
3: You know, just thinking. You read about these guys of old days. You know what they were thinking when they wrote their music, their lyrics. You know, and, I, and it just kind of meant more to me as a mother because I have a songwriter as a son. And, you know, what was his heart thinking? Where was his mind when he was writing yeah. the words to the yeah. songs? Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, and you can tell the difference in the ages, you know. Of course, he hasn't written for a while. He's, he's busy with those three little girls chasing <laughs> him around.
4: <laughs> yes.
3: But he, he, mentioned, he mentioned recently, he said, I'm really anxious to get back to my songwriting. And, I hope he uh, does. Yeah, so I hear music. We're heading into a break. Okay. When we come back, it'll be the final segment of today's show. We wish you a Merry Christmas. I hope you've enjoyed us, uh, going on and on about the Messiah. We love the Messiah and we're going to talk about that a little bit more when we come back. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. Merry Christmas. We'll be right back.
1: cold ship to your door it's vine to bar vine to bar chocolate visit us at vine to
3: liberty tabletop brings liberty to your table for those of you who want to display your patriot hearts set your table with liberty
5: My company owns and sells Immuno 150, the best nutritional supplement on the market today, bar none. No other nutritional product compares because Immuno 150 contains 9 exotic fruits, 13 vitamins, 17 herbs, 18 amino acids, and 70 plant-derived trace minerals, plus aloe vera, COQ10, all the omegas, biflavonoids, and more. The 70 trace minerals are the key. Most nutritional products contain no more than 15 minerals because they come from fruits and vegetables. Now, if you want to improve your immune system, call 888-316-2224 or visit immuno150.com. That's I-M-M-U-N-O-150.com. Again, that phone number is 888-316-2224.
3: MyPillow Towel Set, go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special and enter promo code Bethann or call at 1-800-978-6168. That's MyPillow.com and the promo code is Bethann. have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. I'm visiting with my son Alden. We're talking about the music of the Messiah and its writer uh, handles. You know, it um, it says here, and this is kind of the last fact on this one that I have here that I downloaded, Messiah is most popular with English speakers. Yes, there are performances of Messiah everywhere, but the... the preponderance of performances are in the English-speaking world and those places on the globe where British imperialism spread its tentacles. It says the Messiah is popular (laughs) in England, of course, as well as Canada, Australia, and the United States, but also in places such as Nigeria, Kenya, Trinidad, and South Africa. The universal appeal of the work is hard to deny. I think... uh, We would, (laughs) the woke folk probably wouldn't like that. They'd call it, you know, racist, but um, it was of its day and still is a classic as it goes through the story of our salvation in music. And you and I both know when you learn something in music, it kind of sticks with you. You, you Oh, yeah. You remember the words a lot more than if you just memorized a poem.
4: Well, and consider the fact that the Messiah has been performed year after year after year after year for hundreds of years.
2: Oh, yeah.
4: All over the, all over the globe. Now, it took a break there. Uh, this is, I guess, some more factoids before the end of the show, but it did take a break there after the first couple years. Mm. Um, it was not as well received continually, uh, but then started being done again and again, uh, you know, after about four or five years. And then handle had a yearly benefit, a fundraiser for charity for uh, the Foundling Hospital in London, Mm -hmm. which was a home for abandoned and orphaned children. And that concert always included the Messiah.
2: Wow.
3: Now, when they did the Messiah then, they did the entire thing, correct? They
4: did the entire thing, yes, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. they didn't piece piece and part it so much there as performance. (laughs) It was one thing.
3: Well, our little community <laughs> choir, we we left out one two years ago when we did it, and that was the song Purify. And you know how difficult that song is, so we put that in that there. Is, and there's another yeah, song that's, that's that yeah, there's another one in there uh before the before the Hallelujah chorus that we have not done yet. And I would assume that we will throw that one in there next year. <laughs> I don't know that for sure. So, <laughs> but well, um, we're
4: not all you know, we're not all. uh I guess, as trained as they were 250 years ago.
3: That's what they did. <laughs> that's what they did.
4: Yeah. That's how, that's, they everything that way, I suppose.
3: Well, another thing. It,
4: and, and the the whole program is two hours and 20 minutes long if you do all three parts.
3: And that's, that's why the know. king had to stand up when they did the holiday course. <laughs> he, he was stretching. <laughs> it's like an intermission. i got to get out and stretch. <laughs>
4: that's right. That's right. Well, in... Uh, 1759, and uh, I have to recant, re- backtrack on something I said earlier, uh, Handel did live to be about 74 years old. He was 56 when he wrote The Messiah. He lived another 18 years. Okay. And in 1759, he was blind, his health was failing, and he insisted on attending the April 6th performance of The Messiah uh, one last time. And mm. eight days later, he died. Wow! So it was certainly important to him.
2: Absolutely. It was a big
4: part of his his life. He, I think, you know, it's very believable to say how that he felt inspired. Um, him writing so fast was not completely unusual. He did write other things very quickly, but historians say he was divinely inspired, and uh, just as you know, the story goes about him writing the Alleluia chorus and being in tears and seeing angels. He was certainly inspired. That that,
3: And sleep-deprived. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that adds to it. Yeah. But
4: that work did something important in his life and Absolutely. has done something important in the lives of many since then because it's the story
3: of Christ. And, you know, we can go back and say, too, I know that people who listen to it are moved, but those who sing it are moved. It's not oh, yeah. just the music. It's the words. And when you start singing the Scripture... You're praising the Lord, and you are moved. There is a worship time that takes place from the singer more. Within the singer, I I would say, and I can't judge on the outside who's listening, but I know from being in both places, there's more worship going on when you're the one doing it, when you're the one performing, and I don't like to use the word performing, but when you're the one that's uh, singing it. It was not until eighteen seventy though that Christmas became a federal holiday in the United States of America. I thought that was kind of interesting.
4: Yeah. Well and then it has German roots too. Handel yeah. was German by birth,
3: you know. Right. And
4: that celebration has German roots for us.
3: And uh, it's become, so you know, interesting. Do- you know, we mentioned earlier in the show, it's become a tradition, the Hollywood chorus at Christmas time. And here this entire musical mm-hmm. was written for Easter. And yet we seem to only sing that portion of Christmas in it. I have not sung the Easter portion of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And I would like to yeah. do that sometime. But, um, I'm not even sure if I've sat and listened to it. I've probably heard pieces of it, but, but isn't
4: um, it, yeah, isn't it so fitting though? that an Easter work that we celebrate at Christmas, we're telling the whole story of Christ. Amen. More than, more than just a little baby in a manger, but the whole story. Uh, it's so important for us to hear that and why he came, what it was he was doing. And I think that's why so often singers, especially who have a strong faith, get moved by performing the Messiah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're repeating those lines over and over again you know i've done music in church for almost 30 years and you know i get criticized boy we sure repeated that chorus a lot. have you heard the messiah <laughs> have you
2: heard
4: that come on for unto us I'm a child is like, born you think that's something new yeah there's a pur- there's a purpose in the repetition it, yeah, it helps put it in our heart in a way that uh, we might just pass over but if we pass it over and then we sing it again and we sing it again with a new line of music and we sing it again with a different line, then the sopranos sing it, then the altos sing it, the tenors sing it. The well, it's, it's almost
3: like a um, a confirmation. You know, the sopranos yeah. or the altos start out on that, uh, you know, and the government shall be upon his shoulders and then somebody else starts singing it all up. It's like an echo, except it's not really around or an echo. It's like they're, yeah. com- they're confirming this. Yes, it's a fact. This is what it is. It, you know, it's not just reading the scripture where you just read it. You're actu- actually singing it and praising the Lord and, and telling the good news. And uh yeah. the Handel's Messiah has become a tradition at Christmas. And, uh you know, it's kind of telling that that we have done that. And I think that, you know, maybe it's lost. We get into all this secular music, you know, like Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> and one I was hoping we would talk about is the Christmas Carol uh, that was written by Mel Torme. I love that song, and I kind of enjoy Mel Torme. So. Oh, yeah. But, um, the story of how that got written is always kind of comical. Like I said, I like to read about how these things got written. But Handel's yeah. Messiah, I encourage everyone to try and look it up today and listen to it. Um, turn it down low if you want, or turn it up high. And uh, listen to oh, yeah. the story of Christmas. And uh, we're out of time, Alden. Merry Christmas. Wow, that was fast. Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas is the fastest you. hour of the day. Merry Christmas and God bless you <laughs> and your family, and we can't wait for hugs. We'll see you later.
6: CSC Talk Radio's goal is to bring America home. That includes you and your business.